Hello everybody, welcome back to the Dragon's Library. We have something very special for you today. Uh, we are reaching into a whole new genre, or form of media, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, so yeah, today we're going to have our very first review of another podcast, because I really like this, and I think that more people need to hear about it, because if everyone's not talking about this, then, like, seriously, listen to this. It's amazing. Uh, so, okay, let's get started here. Today we're going to be talking about the Magnus Archives. Uh, it's a horror anthology podcast series with an overarching plot that has recently wrapped up. It wrapped up a few months ago. Um, and ever since I started the series, I've been like, should I review this? Like, this is, you know, I do books, games, movies, you know, I do kind of everything. So, you know, I guess I could review this. So why not? You know what? It's my show. If I say I can review another podcast, I can review another podcast. Um... I will be including, as usual, links in the description to go find this. You can find it a lot of places. Uh, I listen to it on Spotify, personally. But, you know, if you don't want to even Spotify, you can also just find it on YouTube. Uh, it is free. Listen to it. You have no excuse not to. I know all of you... I know most of you at least have a little bit of time where you could just have something on in the background. And guess what? It's worth your time. So, yeah. Um, first up, let's start with some context. So, the context for this show is something that's explained in, like, the first few point, like, one episodes or whatever. Uh, it's a brief or overview. So, we are listening to a man named Jonathan Sims, who actually happens to be the same name as the voice actor in real life, uh, which is, I think it's kind of fun. Uh, a little confusing, but kind of fun. And he has recently been promoted to the rank of head archivist of an insti of a fictional institution called the Magnets Institute. And they're a basically a paranormal research facility. Uh, they basically just take in stories and artifacts that people, uh, you know, from people who claim to experience something supernatural, and they study them, scientifically speaking. Uh, they tend to both look down on and be looked down on by even other supernatural uh you know, researchers or ghost hunters, stuff like that, they don't take them seriously, but they're also not taken seriously by the world at large. Uh, so, But they also get a lot of funding from some very rich people. So the previous archivist, uh, head archivist, Gertrude Robinson, had mysteriously disappeared a few weeks ago, and as a result, the head of the Institute, Elias Bouchard, has decided to make Jonathan Sims the new head archivist. You know, he's like, yes, it's a promotion. So he hires him, and he gives him these three assistants, uh, Timothy Stoker, Sasha James, and Martin Blackwood. And together, they are the archivist and his assistants who work in the Magnus Institute. Uh, their job is to go through stories they've both read and take in new statements from people who come to the Institute seeking, you know, help or just wanting to tell their story. So, over the... But... After they got the job, they discovered that Gertrude Robinson had left the archives in a complete mess. Uh, ooh, mysterious. I wonder if she had some reason for that. Uh, so they're going through all the archives, trying to record the old statements, you know, get a digital format for some of them, uh, get everything in order, make sure it's all dated correctly, that kind of thing. Follow up on some, you know, maybe even follow up on some of these. You know, double check them, that kind of stuff. See if anything's changed so they can add more things to the files. Um... But apparently some of the statements haven't been recorded in computers, so they decide to use an uh, old tape recorder they found works. So whenever a statement doesn't record to a computer, they sit down and record on tape. Uh, this even happens to several live statement givers. And yeah, 
that's basically how it works. You know, we'll get like a new story. It'll be like, hey, this my name is blah blah blah. Um, uh, you know, most of these are Jonathan Sims reading it, so it's the same guy reading it, but he has a really, you know, he, he enunciates in a certain way that makes you think, oh, yeah, this is very diff- clearly a different person. It's like, you know, this is my name, this is my life, this is who I am, uh, everything was going normally, and then, and then this thing happened, and, well, it, it didn't end there, and stuff got bad, and either I'm being, you know, either it hasn't stopped, or I just need to tell someone about it, because nobody will believe me. And so I had to come here. And I know you guys are like a joke, but do you have anything you could do? Anything you could tell me? Or I just want to get off my chest and after this, I never want to hear about it again. And that's, you know, the statement. So John's, you know, really dismissive of them. Thinks most of the people are crazy and insane. Unless the name Jürgen Leitner comes up in which he's like, damn it, more of those fucking magic books. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah. Uh, and, you know, you get there's a history, like, there's some, clearly some established names that even John knows about, but we are kind of left in the dark. Uh, and that's how it is for, for the first bit. You slowly start hearing similar names popping up, you know, these same strange people appearing in multiple stories, similar themes of spiders and fire and rot and worms. A strange woman who's been stalking the Institute and nearly killed Martin when he went to go uh, go find more information on one of the statements. You know, follow up. He trapped, she trapped him, and Martin is looking at a statement about his encounter with Jane Prentice. And slowly but surely it leads to an inevitable confrontation at the end of the season, and after that everything's changed. Um, and that's the show. That, that's the context of the show, basically. Uh, the first season is really good. Like, I love the first season. I love the whole show, honestly. Like, not every story is amazing or whatever. You know, now we're getting to talk about the story, but not every story is, like, amazing or whatever, but most of them are still pretty good. They're really scary, really interesting. And they go through a wide range of fears. Like, it's not just, like, oh, my God, it's a zombie or whatever. It's, you know, oh, body horror in one episode, and then it'll lead to a guy being, like, covered in spiders and, you know, just... Each story is different and relies on different fears, but sometimes you'll see, like, the same character. Like, uh, there might be this, you know, mad preacher, and then he'll do something horrible, and then another episode we'll find out, oh, he got worse for him after that. Uh, we might hear about this woman who uh, had a murderer as a father. He's, like, Britain's most famous serial killer as a father, but... You know, there was something different to his stuff. And then years later, she'll give a statement about how her life changed after that encounter, how it was never the same, and how she ran into even more stuff like this, and it led her into a whole new life. Uh, different things like that, you know? And sometimes it's just a scary, sad story about someone who experienced something horrible and is heavily implied to have been killed by it. You know, these sad little tales that don't have clean endings. And I love it. I, I, I love the Madness Archives. I know I've said that like 10 times today, but I really, really love the Madness Archives. There's a sense of dread in a lot of the statements that you just do not get in a lot of modern horror. Um, in addition, I feel like it takes full advantage of the medium it's in. Each podcast, every time we're listening to something in this story, uh, it's because there's a tape recorder on. We're always listening to a tape recorder every time. And whenever the tape recorder is on, it's because somebody has turned it on or because it's appeared in the room, you know, woo, spooky. And so we get these limited third person perspective. We're not omniscient. We're not like there beside them, like a book in their head. We're only listening to snapshots of their lives bit by bit. 
you know, these poor people as their lives fall apart and they lose people and they lose everything, even their own humanity. And they watch as these fears devour them. And it's, it's really good. Most, okay, let's be really honest. All the voice acting in the Magus Archives is really good. Like, I've tried watching other horror podcasts because, believe it or not, this is the thing that got me into, like, listening to the, like, serialized podcasts. I listened to one or two po- podcasts by, like, creators I like who decided to make a podcast, you know, talking about random stuff. But, uh, this is the first one that I've listened to that was just, you know, a really well-written story told through a nice weekly dose of horror. Uh, and I kind of got into it late. I got into it, like, right after season three ended and a little before season four came out. And I spent, I, like, kind of cursed myself for finding it the time I did. Like, yeah, I got to see the fourth and fifth seasons, you know, play out live. But I also kind of had to, like, sit there. Like, I binged for, like, a week straight. I was just listening to these nonstop at the time I was driving, uh, at the time I was driving to and from school. And I was just, like, listening to these and, you know... Uh, and it was so good, but I, I eventually got ran into that wall and I was like, ah, I have to wait. I have to wait. Uh, so yeah, that was a thing. That was a thing, <laughs> but, uh, it's over now. So if you ever want to, if you want to just binge it, you can, it's 200 episodes. Yeah. You heard me right. 200 episodes, each of them about 20 minutes long. You've got a lot of content, and it's the kind of podcast you can just hang on in the background, you know, listen to scary stories while you're driving to work or whatever. Uh, I cannot recommend this enough. The people behind it are really talented. I'm actually going to listen to one of some of the other things from the uh, same group, uh, Rusty Quill, it's called. So uh, I'm about to listen to, like, the gods of the old Appalachia. And I've been meaning to for a while. I'm going to get started on that soon. Mostly because, like, I've tried listening to other horror podcasts. I'm like, oh, maybe I really like horror podcasts. And I'm like, I just kind of really like Rusty Quill. Uh, because I tried listening to other things, even a few other things from them. And they just don't, it doesn't really capture me the way the Magnus Archives does. I like, like, you know, I even found another one where it's like, oh, this guy has found some spooky documents and is going through them. But it's just, it doesn't have that same level of, like, high, like, the voice acting and the, editing and all the effects and everything the entire presentation of the series was presented really professionally which you know it's an institute of course they have to make it look professional but i liked that edge to it and everything else i've been working with just isn't the same so yeah uh if you listen to only one horror podcast listen to the baggers archives there's a lot of it and it's really good uh all right so I've gotten mostly the spoiler three stuff out of the way. You know, it's my basic opinions on it. Love the voice actors. Love the characters. Made me really sad and depressed in a few areas. Uh, maybe just go like, yeah, you get them. You go. Uh, so you will like it. I hope. And now I'm going to talk a little bit about spoilers. Uh, I'm not going to be talking about seasons four or five. I'm only going to be talking about seasons one through three. Because... You really should just watch this. Like, let's put it like, if you, if you want my personal opinion, you should stop listening to me right now. You know, find the little timestamp. Stop listening to me. Come back a week from now after you finish the Magnus Archives. Because this is a kind of show that deserves to be heard first and foremost from its original source. Uh, it's a horror series, uh, an unfolding sense of mystery, and it almost has like a Lovecraftian fear of the unknown, fear of the incomprehensible to it. So, listening to me talk about the plot runs counter to watching the series. 
You should watch the whole series and then find out what's going on because once you do, you will probably want to listen to the series again so you can go over and pick through it and figure out, like, oh, so that's what was going on there. Oh, I remember. And that means, and that means that person is this person who's doing this. And it, it's a sense of unfolding mystery that is really hard to recreate. And I highly recommend you get it firsthand. All right. They all gone. If you're still here, why are you still here? Get the hell out. Uh, sorry. Uh, okay. For those of you who have come back a week later or who have already watched the series, uh, you already know what I'm about to talk about. Well, let's talk about it anyway. So, uh, at the end of season one, they get attacked by a woman who's like literally a flesh hive for tons and tons of silver worms called Jane Prentice. Uh, the archives survive, but during the conflict, Known to us, but not the characters, Sasha James has been replaced by a monster from one of the statements. It replaces you, but you don't look the same, but if all the memories and photos, aside from a few Polaroids, uh, are, are changed to make everyone think that this false you is the you that always existed. Except for one person who it feeds on the fear of. Because, spoil super spoiler alert, all of these monsters, as we find out near the end of the second season... All these monsters and evil books and strange hauntings are caused by a collection of entities uh, believed to be categorized by the taxonomy of Robert Smirk, a famous architect who got really involved in this stuff, uh, called the Great Thirteen, the Thirteen Fears. Uh, so uh, let me see if I can name them off the top of my head. You have the eye, you have the slaughter, you have the flesh, the buried, the vast, the dark. The Hunt, The Lonely, The Desolation, The Stranger, The End, and, uh, because there are two more, two more, two more. Oh, The Corruption. Almost got it, almost got it. And, uh, gods, uh... Uh, uh, okay, I have to look it up now. Uh, the, the web and the spiral, I'm sorry, they're 14, 14. So the web and the spiral. And they're all big things, like, you know, the web, the fear of loss of control and spiders, uh, the vast, you know, vertigo, the vastness of the universe compared to us, the stranger, you know, the uncanny, like mannequins and clowns. Slaughter is war and violence. Lonely is, well, self-explanatory, as is things like the hunt and the flesh, you just body horror. The eye, fear of being watched. The end, also really self-explanatory by the fear of death. The desolation, the fear of pain and fire and burning. Uh, the dark, again, very self-explanatory. The corruption is like rot and bugs and insects. The buried is super explanatory. You know, claustrophobia being buried alive. So... Uh, those are, you know, the fears. They create all these things by poking into our world. And there are people in the world that want to create rituals, like massive uh, offerings of fear created by them to bring them further into this world. Uh, the Magazine Institute is actually the, the uh, servants of the I and Jonah Ma and Elias. Jonah Magnus founded the Institute to... Um, basically serve the eye, and Elias Bouchard is the current head of the Institute, meaning he's like head avatar, you know, uh, has a lot of super creepy powers, and John is a actually a special entity, is actually a avatar or person gifted powers by an entity called the Archivist. 
uh, special one that's kind of a re- re- repeating motif of the eye throughout history. Uh, he has the power to compel people to speak the truth and to remember things clearly, which is why everybody who gives the uh, instant, which is really cool, it's one of those things I talk about making the best of the medium. They explain why all the people who give these uh, stories are able to give really coherent, you know, complete recountings of everything they've experienced and how they're so determined to tell it. Um, it's because the eye compels them and helps them remember things. Uh, there's even a scene where John gets kidnapped by a rival uh, group of servants of an entity, the, the servants of the stranger, a bunch of mannequins and creepy, you know, creepy stuff, peeling skin, taxidermy. Um, but during, they have these little, this whole joke episode, which is all these people being like, I saw a ghost in this building. It's like, and, and that's it. I saw a ghost. Am I done now? I'm like, oh, so this is what happens when you don't literally have an eldritch horror compelling you to tell the truth. <laughs> I love it. I, I love this series. It Every part of it is really good at reinforcing this is like what a horror podcast should be. So yeah, uh, at the end of the third season, John's in a coma. Tim and Sasha are long dead. Sasha's long dead. Tim has just recently died. Martin might be in the service of the lonely. And um, everything has gone to hell. And John wakes up after being finally completely claimed by the eye. And he's now an inhuman avatar. Like, he's he died, but it brought him back. And he, you know, he's kind of immortal. heals super fast. His powers are more accurate. He can just know things if he needs to. But that knowledge can also crush him if he's not careful. And now he has to struggle with his own humanity if he's even the same person. And it's really good. I love John's struggle. Uh, Also, justice for Sasha. Uh, Fun fact, though, for those of you who don't know. They didn't just kill off Sasha to kill off Sasha. Uh, Her voice actor apparently didn't want to do this anymore. They were originally going to kill off Tim and Sasha was going to be in season three. Which I find hilarious. So for once, you know, the uh, just... Uh, it's like, I miss Sasha, but I'm like, I'm still mad that they chose to kill one of them off in such a way. It's like, Sasha got extremely brutal death at the end of season one. And this is like something you figure out pretty soon. It erased, the monster that killed her erased the Sasha they knew from their memories and replaced it with a false Sasha who had different di- likes, dislikes, and even an appearance. And even after they realize it, they don't get those memories back. They do not remember what their best friend looked or sounded like because a monster erased her from existence. And when you say that, it's just like, so she doesn't even get to be remembered. Nobody even knows who Sasha was. Even the people who avenged her don't even know who she really was. Also, Elias is a bastard, and uh, yeah, that about covers it. (laughs) Things have gone to shit. uh, And now they have to deal with, you know, surviving and moving on to the next target. And eventually, eventually things go really to shit. And it doesn't... Let's just say it doesn't end well for most of the cast. Yeah. Uh, for the four main people, yeah, for those four people for that first episode, Tim, Sasha, Martin, and uh, John, they don't get a happy ending. At best, they get a maybe it's for the best ending. Which, yeah. So sad. But, uh, yeah, so that's the Minus Archives. Um, on Friday, we will be having another episode. I'm not really sure what we're going to be doing for that one, because it's still up in the air if I'm going to be doing a Loki Episode 2 review. Uh, I'm really not sure I want to do a review for every episode of Loki, but, you know, it might happen. 
I'm not sure. Depends. Uh, if not, you'll probably be looking at another book review. I've definitely got a stockpile of those I'd like to talk about. So, yeah. See you next time. Oh, and you can find a link for all this in the description. Bye. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode, and thank you for listening to The Dragon's Library. Please, subscribe to this podcast to be notified of new episodes. The Dragon's Library releases new episodes Tuesday and Friday each week, and you can follow us on Twitter at dragon underscore library 2. If you want to suggest an episode topic, my email is in the description below. And as always, thank you so much for all your support.